0: This is All The Right Marketing, a publishing podcast by Cardinal Rule Press. Now, here's your host, Maria Desmondi.
1: Welcome to All The Right Marketing, where we talk with business owners and industry leaders about marketing their programs and products. Our guests share tips that help anyone who loves books, whether you are a librarian, bookseller, author, writer, or publisher. The truth of the matter here is that the advice coming out of these conversations are for creative marketing across industries. Today's guest we have is Lori, and Lori, am I saying your last name correctly, Walmart?
0: It said the same way it looks.
1: Absolutely. Her job is full-time writing for children, which is amazing. I can't wait to hear about it. Some of her previous jobs, she was a software engineer. She was an owner of a mail order company. I like that she says she had a bookstore on the web before Amazon did, and she was a computer science professor. Her books have earned multiple starred trade reviews, have been chosen as Junior Library Guild selections and received awards such as Outstanding Science Trade Book, Best STEM Book, Cook Prize Honor Book, Mathematical Honor Book. I mean, so many different prizes, Parents' Choice Gold Medal. I'm thrilled to have you here today, Lori. Welcome.
0: Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here.
1: Excellent, you know, the fact that you're writing full-time for children, let's start there. Tell us about your journey into this position.
0: Okay, so my journey is different than most writers because as a kid, I was a math science kid. I was not a writer. I wrote some poetry, I wrote a few songs, but that was it. And when I was in school, there was no creative writing. So truly that was it as far as creative writing no interest in writing at all. I wrote for school. I then wrote for business later on. And about 20, 25 years ago, I had an idea for a middle grade novel. And I love middle grade novels. I love reading them. I still do. I thought, "Eh, I'll give it a try.
1: I love that. That's nothing to lose, right?
0: (laughs) And I took courses and I read a lot of books and about writing. I read a lot of books, middle grade books, and I wrote a book. I submitted it to agents. Some agents even asked to see more of it, but no one bought it. So, okay, I'm not a writer, no big deal. Didn't think I was anyway. Five years later, I have another idea for another middle grade book. So I start over again. I take more courses, I read more books, I send it to agents. But in this case, I also continued writing. I was taking a course on picture book writing. So I was writing other things while I was waiting. I wasn't just sitting there waiting, you know, you know publish me right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, that book actually did get picked up by a publisher who went out of business. Okay. So it never came out. Okay. But now I was hooked. Now I was writing. This was good. I was enjoying it. You know, I was still working at my other jobs at the time, enjoying writing, getting closer and closer and closer and closer. So close. So I gave up again my story is not a good story as a model for people for (laughs) giving up (laughs) this is now the second time i've given up (laughs) but at the time i was taking a course at my college on children's literature and when the teacher found out i had written a biography she said bring it in and i did and she said read it to the class so i did and you have to remember this was a class of people who wanted to be teachers. So it was 18, 19, 20 year olds and me. <laughs> I stuck I stuck out just a tad in that class. They loved me, so they loved my writing. I knew that. I understand that intellectually, but emotionally I had never read my writing to anyone just to have it read. Mm. So it got me going again. I decided to go get an MFA which I did at Vermont College of Fine Arts, I figured I just would not worry about getting published. I would worry about learning to be the best writer I possibly
1: could. I love that advice.
0: And so, of course, I did get published my last semester.
1: (laughs) Wow. And what was that first book, Lori?
0: The first book was Ada Byron Lovelace and the Thinking Machine. So it was my first of many nonfiction picture book biographies about women in STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math.
1: Wonderful, that's amazing. And how many books have you published since?
0: Uh, I have six books out right now. Five of them are are about women in STEM. I have four more on the way. Three are about women in STEM. (laughs) You you can see I sort of have a a road I'm following here, but I do a like fiction also and it's a good thing to mix it up, try different
1: things. Absolutely. That's a beautiful story. I love it. And I can't, my eyes are tricking me, but the books that I see on the shelf behind you, are those some of your titles?
0: Those are the six books.
1: They are. Yep. Okay. That's beautiful. So I like that you're being honest that you gave up. Um, But one thing I want to, Don't forget twice, twice. I like that. (laughs) But one thing that I want to point out is that you continued to work through this process and at your other job. And I think that's key because oftentimes when we speak to writers, they want to quit their job and write books. But then it puts so much pressure on finding a publisher and getting published and making money from it. If you can have that income coming in, then you're able to focus on it as a passion versus I have to do this or I'm not going to feed my family. So number one, I commend you on on continuing that. And you waited till you got to a point in your life where you could say, okay, now I'm going to write full time. I think that's really great. Um, So you've been doing this for a while. You've won a ton of awards um, that really, you know, and reviews. You've gotten some really big reviews that show us that credibility. So I want to know, what are some of the creative marketing ideas that you've been part of? Because we know that having a book is a great thing, but unless the book is really shared and marketed out with its readers and its buyers, the book's not going to sell. So you have actually marketed with different publishers, so we can kind of talk about that.
0: The first point I want to make is that there is marketing that your publisher does for you. And that marketing is towards the trade. Those are the bookstores and towards schools and libraries. So they do a ton of marketing. And that marketing is also for those many awards. They're the ones sending out books for the awards and trying to get you things like that. So that's one side of the marketing equation. And you don't have a whole lot of control over that. Different publishers do it different ways. Your book may be the book of the season, which was true for my second book, Grace Hopper, Queen of Computer Code, was the children's book of the season for the publisher. So it got a little extra love. Mm. You have no control over that. What you do have control over is marketing to people. And that's what I try and concentrate on. Now, some of those people. Our mm-hmm. teachers and librarians. So there's a little bit of an overlap there. And what I do for that is I talk at conferences. Mm-hmm. I speak at many teacher and librarian conferences. I go where they are yes. so I can give talks. They have a chance to get to know me and hence get to know my books.
1: Fantastic. Have you been able to keep some of that up virtually during the last few years of the pandemic?
0: Yes, a lot of the conferences have been able to go virtual. Some, it was too quick. You know, they had to close down too quickly. Some, they made a decision at the last minute. For example, I was going to talk at a math teacher's conference, and that was in October, mm-hmm. and things looked great. And then all of a sudden, they decided, no, we can't do this, but it was too late to change to virtual.
1: Yeah, I like how you're saying, marketing from your publisher, no control. Marketing as an author, you have that control. So some of the things that you said you're doing, you're speaking at conferences and applying for those spots. What are some other things you're doing as an author being able to control your own marketing?
0: Okay, so those are the things that are aimed at the teachers and librarians. Aimed at people, you know, regular old people, parents who are the people who are buying my picture books. I do a lot of book festivals, Mm -hmm. and those are great because you really have that time to talk to the person. The person comes to your booth, whether they buy a book or not, you're giving them a bookmark, they get to know you, maybe they talk to a friend about it. I'm also in several marketing groups. Oh, tell me about this. Okay, so the first one I joined was Kidlit Authors Club. And that one started as an in-person marketing group. We'd meet each other at these book festivals and we traded information about conferences coming up, where are good places to go, where are places that didn't work out as well. You know, So that one worked out really well. A few of the other ones I'm in are more of a specialty market, if you will. I'm in a group called Steam Books and these are all books about science, technology, engineering, art, and math. And this goes year from year to year to year. Okay. Right? So if you go to the Steam Books website, you'll see previous years, you'll see future years, and same with Kidlit Author Clubs, all mm-hmm. Kidlit Author Club. All of these groups have websites. So that's a specialty one. Another specialty one I'm in is for Jewish books it's called the book machigenaz my book hetty lamar's double life hetty was jewish and i've given a talk to american jewish libraries for example about that book i have a fiction book coming out that's jewish themed so again that's a more uh, pointed market, if you will.
1: Mm-hmm, absolutely, we will link to all three of those websites in the show notes. So I'm going to
0: give you listener- one one more. Okay. Kidlit for Growing Minds, and the reason I'm giving you this one is because this one again crosses between teacher librarians and people, because we're trying to reach out to teachers. Uh, we're setting up a YouTube YouTube channel. Uh, we've done some events together, we've done events individually, obviously. So these marketing groups, they give you a community, first of all, but also you find out about opportunities. If there's a call for proposal for a conference, you may never see it mm. unless someone in one of these groups mentions
1: it. I love that, so there that community aspect Really helps because they're everyone sharing with each other. That's wonderful. So, Kidlit Authors Club, Kidlit for Growing Minds, um, Steam Books. What was the Steam? Steam
0: Bo- Team books.
1: Yeah. I think it is. Okay.
0: I'm not sure what the website is. You'll have
1: to look it up. We <laughs> look it up on on Google. Absolutely. And, and then
0: Kidlit for Growing Minds. Perfect. Is the last one.
1: Wonderful. This has been eye-opening and I've learned a lot. And so if I'm learning a lot and I do these interviews and I'm hearing all about marketing, I think other people are going to learn a lot as well. I thank you for your time. Do you have any last minute words of wisdom you would like to give to aspiring writers who are tuning in and who heard you say that you gave up twice?
0: Hang in there or really those are really my final words. You've got to hang in there because it takes a long time to get published. It takes a long time to get a book accepted. From there, it takes a long time for the book to come out, especially picture books. And I still remember the first conference I went to and I was sitting next to a friend and we each had one book out and the two of us, we were like deer in the headlights. Ah! You know, because around us it seemed everyone else was getting people coming to their table and no one was coming to our table.
1: It takes time. That imposter syndrome. Like, what am I doing wrong? But you're not doing anything wrong, we've learned. Um you're learning, you're you're growing with other um writers. I think that's wonderful. Well, thank you. Yeah, go ahead, Lori. Uh
0: Uh-huh. I do have one other thing Mm -hmm. I do. Um I give back to my kidlit community. Mm. So every day on Facebook and Twitter, I put up a kidlit link of the day. And this is to an article about craft or marketing, business, any aspect of kidlit that I find interesting. I think other people will find interesting. And then once a week, I put up a woman in STEM. I choose some woman and I link, I don't link, but I mention a book about her, a kid lit book. So if people want to learn more, so I'm giving back to people and maybe they'll be giving back, you know, it's a give and take.
1: It really is. The community is great. It really is. And you can, you can spot the people who are takers and who are not givers. It's, it's very clear. And, um, And it's not as easy to help those individuals. So I really like that um, give and take and how important that is to, and and that you've created a system for yourself to make sure that you are participating and contributing.
0: And to be fair, it helps me also, because obviously people will then, more people will follow me, but I am giving back.
1: That's wonderful. And that's on your Facebook page. Yes. Yes. Fantastic. Lori, this has been wonderful. I appreciate your time. Um, Listeners, you know where to find Lori. You're going to go to the show notes and we will have the links to her website and all of these wonderful resources that she has shared. And we look forward to sharing this interview with you and the next interview that will air on Tuesday. Until then, listeners, think outside the box and don't be afraid to reach your audience in new and creative ways. Cardinal Rule Press offers a variety of support to authors, booksellers, librarians, and families. Find out more at cardinalrulepress.com.